gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Welcome back to your creativity, everybody. This is Dylan. We have a guest today. His name is uh, Lucas Henry Proctor, and he's a linguist, a horticulturalist, a singer, a performer, um, actor. What don't you do, Lucas? <laughs> I don't do windows. No. Um, <laughs> no I, I like to consider myself um, a Renaissance man. There was a, uh, a great TED Talk and uh, talked about, you know, what if you don't want to just be one thing when you grow up? And that's always been me. And so she coined this term multi-potentialite. And that's kind of what I've always considered myself. So I like that. So what were you like growing up? What were you interested in, like, elementary and junior high and high school? Um, well, when I was younger, I loved the natural world, um, and I was a huge nerd. <laughs> in fact, I didn't have a lot of friends. Books were my friends, and so I read through a whole set of encyclopedias. Um, and uh, I was always out in nature catching bugs and, and, you know, tracking the different kinds of birds that were in my yard. Um, and, uh, in fact, I also had a fascination with the ancient world. Um, I loved, uh, loved ancient Egypt and archaeology in general. I kind of wanted to be Indiana Jones, but then again, who didn't? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, um, but I also always loved music. Um, so I've been singing since, since I can remember. What's your so. favorite genre? Oh, sheesh. I I like so many different genres. Um, but I think where my... Anything that's just a delightful voice. And, and if that if that is a good vocal, um, you know, sampled on a, on a cool rap chorus, if that's a delightful harmony in an R&B music, if it's beautiful choral music you know, from the 1700s, if it's an acapella cover, um, you know, of a modern pop song, or just a gorgeous, you know, um, vocal uh, in, you know, uh, some classical music. I, I, to me, the voice is just the most amazing instrument. So, I don't know, it's hard to say. <laughs> Anything with delightful vocals, and that, that spans a broad range. Yeah, yeah. it does. Um. Were you any play in any plays or musicals in high school? You know, I was. Um, I actually, uh, I've got a little bit of bulk on me, and so I was uh, in middle school. I started into football, and um, so by the time I got into high school, I wanted to go into football, and you just had to make it through the intense, rigorous practices called Hell Week before to actually get onto the team, and I did. And um, and then that weekend, I uh, had a lawnmower run over my foot and uh, took me out of the season. Yeah. So the next, week I tried out, <laughs> yeah, the next week, I tried out for the high school musical, which was Pirates of Penzance at the time, and just about got the lead as a sophomore. So I decided I was going to do that instead. <laughs> It took out one end of you, so you used the other end. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And you know, my my toe's okay now, and and I can I can still dance. So <laughs> <laughs> good to hear. Now, I we first me and Steve and I first met you down at uh, Evermore when we were yeah. interviewing Corey Clawson. Um, 
unfortunately you're not there anymore there with them anymore tell us a little bit about your experience with evermore and what you did with them oh evermore was a creative whirlwind um man the amount of talent that was there putting this spectacular park together was uh was kind of unreal um I uh, got pulled on by Ken Brett Schneider as the director of horticulture uh, to help kind of create this this uh, idea of of a living garden that works around this beautiful village that they wanted to make. And um, but he also liked me because I'm a multi potentialite, so I like yeah. to act, I like to do all these other things too. And so um, I think. Uh, Ultimately, he wanted me to participate in lots of different parts, not just the the plant side of things. So eventually, I morphed into doing more of the theatrical things. I was cast as one of the characters there. James Burtwistle Wickham. Uh, Inventor, scientist, extraordinaire. Traveler through portals and different worlds. Something like that. (laughs) And uh, Very Ian McKellen voice. uh, Yeah, yeah, I can see that, yeah. And... uh, he um, he was a fun character to play, and that was a very unusual form of theatrical experience um, that I think people are still trying to wrap their minds around right now. So, um, and as with every other theatrical thing currently, aside from being digital like we are right now, yeah, um, the park is shut down due to the uh, coronavirus. So, so currently nobody works there. <laughs> So, and you also did some ling uh, linguist stuff with them. Did you c- c- help create a a language for down there? Well, so um, I did a lot of dialect work dialect. with them. So, um, so as a as a voice actor, I do a lot of voice acting. Um, my specialty is dialects and accents, and I kind of have ever since I was little, I've I've had kind of an ear for um, hearing how people speak and understanding what they say even with thick accents, even with, you know, really cool dialects. Um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of helped direct um, the dialects there. And uh, it was originally supposed to be kind of like in Northern English, um, you know, kind of like Yorkshire, yeah. where it's um, like, uh, you know, if you're into Game of Thrones, the, the people from the north. So, anyway. Very nice. Um and then um, now you're at the Living Planet Aquarium. Well, you are a few days a week <laughs> right yes. now. But um, back when it was normal, what was your kind of schedule there? And what were you doing That's there? Interesting. Um, you know, we have a, a husbandry team at the Living Planet Aquarium. And a big part of our Living Planet is plants. Um, and uh, so, you know, it's kind of it's fun. It's me and one other guy who take care of all of our plants, both inside and, uh, and we're doing a big expansion. And so I've been uh, helping design uh, gardens around a cool new plaza. I don't know if you've driven by. If anybody's been in Utah on I-15 on the southern part of the Salt Lake Valley, you can't miss the giant uh, space crab <laughs> on the side of the freeway. It's 160 feet tall. I call so it, it the U-2 claw because I, I was underneath it a couple of times when it was touring with U-2. Yeah, yeah. And that was originally their stage, so we're we uh, we got uh, permitted to to uh, acquire it, and now it's a permanent structure there, um, and it's kind of the centerpiece for our conservation science center. 
So um, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, aside from being something you can't miss visually, um, yeah. <laughs> we're doing a lot of fun things with it too. So it won't be a performance venue per se. I mean, that'll be an option. Uh, there is a stage that we built underneath it, but additionally, um, underneath the stage, there's a cool VR experience where you take this space claw thing, U2's claw, you know, <laughs> and it, it takes off kind of like the uh, the magic school bus where you go and do conservation science missions. And, okay. But there'll be a lot of cool gardens around the outside. So. And is there an open date for that? It's probably been delayed a little bit. You know, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> the long, the short answer is no. There is not a specific date. Um, partly because you know, we're still trying to push forward. I mean, we're I mean going in. I work um, on an essential staff team because we're taking care of our living collection. Yeah. And so, um, but I I am seeing there's progress still happening on site, uh, and I do get to consult a lot with the project, having worked with Evermore and doing a large project management. Um, it kind of gave me a lot of experience, you know, doing all this collaboration with different subcontractors and, and you know, contractors to kind of put together this giant uh, exhibit, as it were. So, well, very cool. I'm I'm excited to see when it gets finished up because I love the aquarium. I've only been a couple times, but so what, what's your favorite part of of you know dealing with plants? Well, plants, uh, plants, and I. I've gotten along since I was a little kid. Um, and then, yeah, I went to college and studied music and vocal performance. So I was going to be an opera singer. Um, and then uh, looked at all the classes I had to take <laughs> to finish and graduate. And I decided to jump into horticulture. And that seems kind of like an unusual thing. But I've always loved plants. And so I graduated in horticulture. I've been a certified arborist through the International Society of Arboriculture for 10 years now. And if this virus thing didn't happen, I would have taken a test uh, to certify me as a board-certified master arborist, which I think there's only like 600 in the world. Um, so back to your question, the number one thing that I love working with plants is teaching people about plants. I think they're just fascinating. Um, on Instagram, What I, I have, a, have a, an account where I just do like, it's called The Private Life of Plants. And I like to zoom in on like different parts and, and, and learn like little things about plants because plants are so cool. They've been around for way longer than anything else in the world. Yeah. Except, you know, like prokaryotes and, and <laughs> bacteria and, and mosses and stuff. But, uh, but they're just fascinating. And how they've adapted to live and thrive in this world is, is pretty, pretty cool. Even the plants just here in Utah are pretty awesome. So. Um, do you have a, a favorite or a, a local favorite of one that kind of just you see it and delights you? Hmm, that is a good question. Um, being a person who loves so many things and having kind of an encyclopedic brain for plants, it's hard to like focus it down. Um, I think I have uh, a top five list for trees. How's that? That that works. I'll go through them pretty quick because, you know, <laughs> it can be <laughs> overwhelming. Okay, so um, ginkgo biloba, which people are familiar with because it's a, a supplement as well. Um, but that's an ancient tree. They're pretty cool. Um, Dawn redwood, which is a deciduous redwood tree. So it's a conifer, like a big pine tree, right? 
But in the fall, the leaves drop. The needles all drop, and then they come back in the spring. They thought it was extinct until about the 1950s, which is pretty cool. Um, tulip poplar, uh, which is a uh, it's a magnolia cousin. Okay. Um, and it uh, looks like a big kind of maple tree, and then it flowers, and there are these yellow tulip flowers up in the tree, kind of in the early summertime, and it's pretty rad. George Washington planted a few at his place in Mount Vernon, and they're still there. Oh, awesome. Um, let's see. That was four. Uh, and the turzel, Turkish hazelnut, um, kind of an unusual plant. It's very tough. Um, and it has fruit that's edible, so, you know. So yeah, those are my those are my top five trees, and I could just go on for days about plants. <laughs> so, and we're on a podcast, and you've uh, worked on a podcast that uh, deals with this kind of stuff. It's kind of a a mystery uh, type series. It's kind of on a break right now. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it's kind of noir style, where um, you know he's describing all the things that are happening, and uh, so it's called Detective Dendro in Latin uh, tree. Uh, dendro is Latin for tree. And so he's kind of this uh, old-style detective. He's got a sidekick. There's always a damsel in distress with a tree problem. And he goes out with his sidekick, and they, fi- they figure it out. And there's a mystery break in the middle. And, uh, you know, you can kind of, at home, I mean, it's like an old radio drama, right? At home, you can kind of figure out what the the potential problem is. And at the end, he gives you the solution. So it's very... Uh, it's very serialized, um, but he's got certain things that he really likes, and I do all the voices. And um, I'm in talks with the ISA. They moved headquarters um, from Chicago to Atlanta, and with that, there was kind of a, a little up thing. But I did it for about five years, um, almost six years, I think, maybe six years, and I'm um, hoping to start it up again anytime now. So, uh, But it's really fun. And, uh, and Arborists... Um, which are kind of like tree doctors, if you don't know. Yeah. Um, they uh, they're required, like a doctor and a dentist, you know, to get continuing education to kind of keep up their their knowledge on plants. And so you can listen to this podcast that I do and get credits for it because it's it's educational as well. But I love edutainment, so that's kind of my thing. Very cool. That's what we try to do here too. Is just let people know about all these cool, cool people in the world, and and you're one of them. Um, well, <laughs> so uh, back to your music. You've worked on some really cool online videos. Um, you did one with Showman, and I saw you posted about a new one today. I I haven't wasn't able to watch it yet before we record. Recorded. Tell us about this new one. Oh, so it's a it's a collaboration with a few friends um, from college, and then some of their friends as well. And one of them is my sister as well. Um, but it's a, it's a parody of Lame is uh, One Day More. And, uh, you know, just that name is kind of fun because we're all stuck here inside in this quarantine. And it's like, all right, I have to have one day more and then I can survive till tomorrow. Um, but it's kind of like this, you know, theoretical, okay, well, what if Valjean was a dad at home who has to work from home now with six kids at home? And he's got to figure that out. <laughs> And what if Javert was a, a doomsday prepper and he's been waiting for this day his whole life and he's got, you know, his guns and ammo and his, you know, and what if, uh, you know, Marius and Cosette were millennials and they're just like, I don't know, we should, we can go outside. 
well, maybe we can just, you know, we'll stream Netflix together. And it's really silly. It's very fun. So um, I think it turned out pretty good. But yeah, it's kind of one of those split screen videos. And we're all, you know, there's some of us in Idaho. There was a guy from Germany. Um, and we all put it together and then somebody edited it and it, it turned out pretty great. So, so I play Valjean in that one and it's, uh, it's silly. So did check you, it out. Uh, did you see the Hamilton, the one the other day that was on? Uh, yes. Uh, so good news. Yeah. That, that was really yeah. cool. That was awesome. No, I, I do appreciate people who can celebrate things that are good and John Krasinski is doing a good job. So, uh, let's see. Who are you from? Your, some of your favorite singers? I saw you've uh, sang a lot of uh, Andy Grammer and Josh Groban. Uh, yeah. Through my research. No, um, you know Josh Groban and I vocally kind of jive. Um, I never sung with them before, but you know someday maybe. Um, but uh, he uh, he's got this kind of thing where he's he's in this own genre you know it's a genre that kind of disappeared back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s there was a genre called adult contemporary yep, and uh it was kind of like easy listening you know i mean um it was like kenny loggins billy joel those kinds of things where it was celine dion you know like they have these great ballads and other like it's kind of rock but it's kind of softer but it's nice to listen to and uh it kind of disappeared um, as a genre, which, you know, that's what happens. Music evolves. But Josh Groban's kind of got this, like, classical crossover voice that still kind of fits that feel. And so I've always felt like that, you know, having, like, a, a powerful voice but being able to fit it in songs that can be popular. I don't know. Um, but Andy Grammer is a blast. He's just so much fun. His music is just... Uh, it's, it's, it's upbeat, you know, and he's got a really clear tone. Again, I'm, I'm all about those vocals. Um, Sarah Bareilles as well, um, kind of have a musical crush on her style. I think it's just spectacular. She's very talented. Uh, she writes a lot of her own stuff. Most of it. Um, and, did, and didn't she do the music for uh, waitress? Yes. Which is so good. Um, and, uh, in fact, she performed, on stage for a while and they, they pulled her in to perform on stage on Broadway uh, for a little while with Jason Mraz, um, which is pretty cool. So I'm trying to think, I don't know. Um, I, I love, uh, if again, if we go to vocals, I think one of the best vocalists of our time is uh, Freddie Mercury. Um, the guy was not only was he a brilliant performer as a frontman, but his vocals were just spectacular. Um, and again, he's a, he was a rock singer, but man, those vocals were just epic. So, and he had so much fun with it too. He just didn't stick to one style. He just exactly, yeah, yeah. I think uh, one thing I've been blessed and cursed with is, is the ability to, and I think I said this talking about dialects, but I've got this kind of ability to mimic um both in singing and in you know just speaking but uh it's been hard for me i, I recorded an ep album oh about eight years ago um seven or eight years ago and uh and it was the hardest thing for me to choose a genre because i just love singing so many different things so anyway 
any plans for a new record or too busy with everything? Well, you know, uh, I, I think I'm super busy. I'd like to do a lot more collaboration and try and get my voice out there a bit more than I have recently. And I think I have a little more time to do that right now. So as we all seem to find more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of how, how are you holding up? Uh, well, you do get to get how about house a little bit, but beyond that, how are you holding up? Uh, you know, it's it's unusual. My my grandmother, uh, who passed away last December, she was a hundred and a half, and she was a very wise lady. And uh, a lot of times, people would ask her, like, "Well, how do you you know how do you survive this long? It's just amazing." And she, you know, she was like smart as a whip till the end. Like she just was, you know, um, had so much life experience. And she said, "Well, you know, when things change, when things get hard, I just consider it my new normal." And I go from there. And so it's kind of like, you know, I think there's so many times when we look back and we're trying to figure out, like, you know, how do I get back to where I want to be? Well, we don't have to. I don't think things will ever be the same as they were. No. Um, but okay. And I think, uh, you know, we try and find what this new normal is and go from there. So that's a great way to think about it. Um, what situations are most creative for you um, with the music or whatever you're doing? You know, I think uh, it depends. I mean, being that I love nature so much, there are times when uh, I just got to get out there, you know, and um, I, uh, I actually, I have a, a, a claim uh, for mining Topaz um, out in the West desert on Topaz mountain, West of Delta. And, um, being out there in the middle of nowhere, it's just like, you know, you can kind of open up and, um, I don't know, being in nature in general helps, but, uh, but mornings are kind of my jam. So just very centering and stuff. Awesome. Um, um anything you want to mention that we haven't covered? Uh, we've covered Evermore. We've covered the aquarium. You're singing the, Arborist horticulture. Um, I guess if we want to add yeah. more thing, in, um, uh, and it's not yet, but uh, but I am. Well, I have a couple of projects I'm working on, and they're forthcoming still. One of them is a new podcast that uh, that I'm um, kind of writing and producing myself, and it's an edutainment podcast. Um, about plants um and it's kind of a it feels like pds where there's a father and a daughter and you know she asks the questions that we don't dare ask because we're adults you know yeah we should <laughs> hey dad do trees bleed you know it's like well of course they don't bleed you know i mean we think that but it's like but it's okay for her to ask that and then he goes to different experts and anyway so that's that's one project i'm working on um it's been on the back burner for a while but i'm hoping to kind of put it a little more to the forefront. Um, and the other one is I'm actually writing a science fiction novel. So, Oh, that's cool. And that's been something I've worked on for years and years and years. But uh, if I can get a little more uh, consistent timing um, to put some, put some effort into it, I think it'll, it'll come along pretty good. So, uh, I, writers, I admire writers so much because I, I can't write my way out of a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I try, it's just I can't, I can't get it. Well, I think we're good to move on to bonus questions then. We've got okay. three, three different bonus questions. First is, what does creativity mean to you? Oh, wow. Um, well, I love, like, breaking down the word, um, and I think it's, you go down to create. I think there's this inherent um, desire in, in every human to want to, like, make something, you know, to want to create something. And I think as we get older and older, a lot of times we forget that we're, you know, we're stuck in a job or we're doing stuff and, and without that creativity, like we're, we're dulled to society. That's actually something that's in my, uh, science fiction novel. So. Very cool. The next is who is your favorite Muppet and why? Oh, wow. That is a great question. Um, I don't know. I think I've always been drawn to, uh, uh, what's his name? The shrimp guy. Um, hey, you know, that's pretty great. I know. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, what is his name? Pepe? Yeah. No. Yeah. Pepe. I mean, but, but, but honestly, I think Gonzo is my favorite. Gonzo is my favorite too. Gonzo the great. Ah. <laughs> he's just so weird and he's not afraid to get out there and exactly he's just himself and it's okay that he's weird i think that's that's pretty awesome no gonzo is my favorite and then the last one in in the movie of your life who would you want to play you oh man i don't know if i could have enough budget but i'd say hugh jackman (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a dream project so you can add whoever you want (laughs) So if everybody wants to check out your stuff, where can they they find you? Um, well, my Instagram handle is the Private Life of Plants with a the T H E the Private Life of Plants. That's where I do all my nerdy plant pictures. Um, and then my singing, I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of my singing, and I'll I'll try and upload a few more things onto the YouTube channel. But it's Lucas Henry Music on YouTube. So, and then, and then uh, the podcast, if you're interested, um, there's not an easy link to it, but it's Detective Dendro. And most of the podcast uh, places, iTunes and Google Play, and, and a lot of those, um, you can search it, Detective Dendro. And it's a free podcast. So. And I'll, I'll put a link in the, in the notes of the episode. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Lucas. It's great, been, been great getting to know you since Evermore that day and seeing you around at comic-con and stuff yeah we see each other all the time i think you guys he he dressed up as george lucas (laughs) (laughs) i I was talking to larry nemechek a past guest about star trek and then george lucas walks up (laughs) it was it was was great (laughs) (laughs) well you know i got this beard i got to use it somehow so that's right mine i just cover up my my ugly my ugly chin i have this mess under my chin so i think that's what george lucas does too though actually <laughs> <laughs> i hear they're bringing him back in for some of the newer newer projects which i think that's what they say yeah yep we'll see we'll see yeah disney's in a weird place right now but <laughs> i think we all are so yeah. we got to find that new normal uh, it's a perfect way to put it well thank you lucas yeah thanks dylan appreciate it <laughs> 
podcast is done, man. 